Brothers and sisters, as we move into a time now of sitting under the preaching of God's word, I'd like to call our brother Mike uh, up to the front. Brother Mike uh, was originally from Zimbabwe, came to know the Lord, not as uh, later in life, was powerfully converted by Jesus, I love him dearly, and uh, he will be preaching the word of God for us today. And before he begins, I'd just like to pray for him and commit our text um, to him. Father in heaven, I thank you, God, for your precious word. Father, the psalmist says that your word is sweet like honeycomb to our lips, O God. Your word, O Lord, gives us life, O God. Your word, God, is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit and of joints and marrow. You say, Father, in your word, is not my word like a fire or a hammer that breaks the rocks into pieces? So I pray, Father, that as my brother opens up, this last chapter of Matthew, looking at the Great Commission and the other scriptures that he has written here, God, and that we'll be preaching from, I pray, God, you would speak to our souls. Mm -hmm. Encourage us, O God, to take the gospel of Jesus Christ into a world, O God, that is dying. Mm -hmm. Fathers, we think of embarking on this new year, on these last days of summer, and we look forward, God, to a new academic year, but also a new year together as a newly merged church. I pray, Father, that you will give us a zeal in the heart to see people reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes. So encourage our souls, O Lord. I pray this, anoint my brother's lips in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It is good to be together again to just praise the Lord. And it is a privilege to be able to share with you from the Word of God what He has impressed upon my own heart. At this time, I also would like to... Uh, for us to turn to the scriptures, and we're going to be reading from Matthew chapter 28. The message is entitled, On Mission with God. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Shall we pray? Father, we just pray that we may be still before you, and that your Holy Spirit may take over our hearts and minds and thoughts, that there may be no distractions, that, Father, as we hear your word, we may be faithful to apply your word to our very hearts. We thank you for the privilege we have 
together in your holy presence to learn from your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I am reminded of one of the uh, happiest days of my life. Uh, it came after a period of sadness. My sister-in-law had just given birth to a lovely son. And they had great joy and celebrated his birth. But their joy was soon turned to sorrow. After eight days, uh, God took him. Now, at that time, a missionary couple had been on assignment uh, in Zimbabwe. They had been there on a two-year term. And they were with the Evangelical Alliance mission from the USA. They were involved in a hospital ministry. They met my sister-in-law in the hospital, and they made themselves available to counsel and to comfort her uh, during this great loss. She accepted, and they began uh, to meet in a home for Bible studies. Pearl and I were also invited to these studies. And Pearl eagerly accepted and joined them. However, I resisted. I thought that I didn't need anyone to teach me what I could read and understand by myself. But Pearl would not let up on me and kept on insisting that I attend even if it be just once only. Finally, she had her way, and I accompanied her to the Bible study. And on that Monday of May, in the evening, Welton explained the Word of God to us, God's plan for our lives, and... Uh, the fact that we could not save ourselves. Now all of us had sinned and fallen short of God's glory because the word of God says so. The wages of sin is death. Not just a physical death when the soul leaves uh, the body, but eternal separation from a loving and caring God. All of us believed and repented. We were all now children of God. For as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, even to those that believe in his name. That's found in John chapter 1 verse 12. That was one of the happiest days of my life. And I know also that according to the word of God, there was much rejoicing in heaven because four sinners, my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law, Pearl and I, were set free from the kingdom of darkness and we were translated into the kingdom of light. We are told in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 1 and 2, that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. Yes, we are free 
because of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. And as I think back to that day, I just praise the Lord that his servants, Welton and Betty White, were obedient to Jesus' command to go and make disciples of all nations. They were channels through which God worked to bless us and to empower us for his ministry. Welton gave up a successful business to be on mission with God. They gave their lives to serving others. And they were willing and made themselves available. All of us can make a difference if we are willing, if we make ourselves available. Someone said, the greatest ability is availability, and the available ones receive the message. Let us return to our passage. It was on the first day of the week that Mary Magdalene and the other Mary had gone to the tomb where Jesus had been buried. And there was a severe earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and rolled away the stone that was used to seal the tomb. And his appearance was like lightning, and his garments were as white as snow. And the guards became like dead men because of the fear of him. Then the angel addressed the women and told them not to be afraid. He said, I know that you are looking for Jesus who had been crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said he would. Come and see the place where he was lying. The angel instructed the women to go to the disciples and give them this good news. And whilst they were on their way to Galilee, Jesus met them and greeted them. They recognized him and they took a hold of his feet and they worshipped him. They worshipped him because they knew that he is God. For it is only God who must be worshipped. It is of interest to note that women were the first to see the Lord Jesus Christ after the resurrection. Women were the first to worship the Lord after the resurrection. And women were the first to receive instruction from the Lord Jesus after the resurrection. This proves to us that God has no favorites. God uses both men and women for his kingdom purposes. In Matthew 28.10, the Lord said to them, Do not be afraid, but go and give my instruction to the disciples. The disciples were to leave for Galilee where they would see him. And in obedience uh, to the Lord's instruction, the disciples left for Galilee and met the Lord on the mountain. Now the mountain is often used in scripture to designate a special meeting place with God. For example, God gave Moses the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai, Exodus 20, verse 1 to 17. And Jesus took uh, Peter, James, and John high up the Mount of Transfiguration, Matthew 17, 1 through to 8. And the Lord Jesus himself was crucified on Mount Calvary. 
So when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Although some doubted, we are told that all of them worshipped him. They paid divine honor to God in humble and reverent homage. There are three essentials in worship. One, faith. The people believed and bowed low and worshipped. Exodus 4.31 2. Spirit. God must be worshipped in spirit. All worship must be directed by the Holy Spirit. John 4.23-24 And then truth. Those who worship must worship in spirit and in truth. Now the Lord is truth. John 14 verse 6. This leads us to our first point uh, of our message this morning. Our power to witness. Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. But the question is, how did he get this authority? By submitting himself to be crucified and die a most cruel death on the cross of Calvary and by fulfilling the perfect will of God. So the Father gave him all authority. And now all power, all glory, all victory, all majesty belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. In Philippians 2 verses 9 to 11, it is written, Therefore also God has exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow uh, those in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, the Lord Jesus has authority, authority to forgive sins. We are told in that in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. And the Lord has the power to save to the uttermost those that come to him by faith. Before he left uh, to, go, to, to, see, to get back to his father in heaven, he told his disciples that it was important for him to get back to the father so that he would give them the comforter, the Holy Spirit. And he exercised this power to send his Holy Spirit. Acts 1 verse 8. But you shall receive uh, power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. We know that the Holy Spirit has come. He came on the day of Pentecost. And on that day, the church received power to witness and to evangelize the world. And we that believe in Jesus have also received that power. The Holy Spirit abides in us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. 
However, the question for today is, are we willing to let the Holy Spirit control us? Does He have His way with us? And are we witnessing for the Lord Jesus Christ? Not just with our words, but with our lives. You know, witnessing is an awesome work. We don't have to have a degree in theology to be able to witness. But we must be willing. Witnessing is relational. We have to establish friendships to be able to influence others concerning our faith in Christ. The lives we live must speak for the Lord Jesus Christ. The world is watching us. Therefore, let us be lights shining in this world of darkness. Let us be epistles that are seen and read by all men. I am reminded of Isaiah. He had a vision in Isaiah 6 verses 1 through to 13. And in his vision, he saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up. And his train filled the temple. And there were two seraphims uh, that cried out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. The seraphim had six wings. With two, they covered their faces. And with two, their feet. And with two, they flew. Now when Isaiah saw this vision of the Lord, he thought to himself, Surely I am a dead man. Because nobody sees God and lives to tell of it. But God only wanted someone to give the people his message. And Isaiah responded, I will go. He was willing. I'm also reminded of King David. Uh, when he had sinned, he confessed his sin. And he asked the Lord to restore the, to him the joy of his salvation. And then he went on to promise to teach transgressors the law of God so that they could be converted. Psalm 51 verse 13. Are we willing to be like these men? To be witnesses for our Lord Jesus Christ? Yes, the Lord has the power. And he has authority to convict men of sin. He has authority to open hearts of men and women to bring salvation. But he needs us. God is not going to send angels from heaven to be his witnesses. He has given us the power to be on mission with him. Witnessing is indeed a great work. We are reminded in Proverbs 11.30. It says, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And the one who uh, wins souls is wise. The passion to, to witness comes from the overflow of our joyful experiences in our relationship with the Lord. We simply tell others our stories about Jesus. You know, we can invite our friends and our relatives to church. And we have the, the power to be able to share the good news. We have the power to be witnesses of Christ Jesus. The apostles turned the world upside down 
because of that power of the Holy Spirit within them. Our second point for our message this morning. Our purpose is to glorify God through making of disciples of all nations. Let's look at Matthew 28, 19. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is our purpose as a church, to bring glory to God, to make disciples of all nations. I am reminded of uh, what Jim Davis uh, said. Uh, he said, there can be no making of disciples until the teachings of Christ move our hearts. We must become disciples. He went on to say, the purpose of every Bible class in the church is to teach in such a way as to make disciples. And the purpose of teaching is to move hearts to obey. And those listening must be converted to what is being taught. End of quote. You see, you can only teach what you know. Therefore, to teach the Bible, we must study the Bible. And it would be good for all of us to be so saturated with the Word of God that it actually oozes out of us. To be good for us to be like Peter, James, John, and the Apostle Paul. They were grounded in the Scriptures. Then we would have the confidence to talk uh, the Word of God freely, teach the Word of God, and live the Word of God. Our purpose is to glorify God by making disciples. And that would be a lot easier if we were truly filled with the Word of God. This requires commitment. Commitment is a big word. I'm reminded of a young tennis player, Medidev. He's Russian. And he's coming up uh, in his ranking. And I watched him play. He is able to put uh, opponents to bed, as they say, in the tennis world. In fact, he just won the Cincinnati Open. How did he do it? Commitment. He trains hard. And, he, and what's more, he obeys his coach. He respects his coach. For all athletes to be successful requires commitment. They push themselves. And they spend hours in training for that which is actually passing away. Now, how about us? We have our coach, the Lord Jesus Christ. Wouldn't it be great if all believers were as committed to making disciples as the sportsmen and sportswomen are? I tell you, we would turn our world upside down. Now, great progress has been made by many churches, and some are growing, and some are closing their doors. Now, that's unfortunate. Some are closing their doors for financial reasons and others uh, for reasons beyond their control. 
But for the majority of those churches that are closing the do- their doors, the main reason is a lack of disciple making. We are at Westland Baptist Church. Not by accident, but by God's design. We live in a growing community. More homes are being built on the North Shore. More families are coming in. These are are exciting times that we are living in. As we wait on the Lord to see how He is going to direct us to impact our neighbors. You see, God's uh, main vehicle for impacting the world is the local church. Let me share with you a report by Jerry Talon. He's uh, a staff member of the Canadian National Baptist Convention. He says that from the beginning in 1985 as a convention, Almost all of the churches were were in Western Canada. But now about half of the churches are in the east of Manitoba. From just 53 churches, God has grown CNBC to more than 400 churches. And CNBC's goal is 1,000 churches by year end of 2020. God can do it through the local churches. We have a long way to go, of course. According to a survey that was carried out some time ago, it was reported that 2% of the Canadian population is Christian. Imagine 2% of 33 million Canadians. This isn't much. If you are good with maths, you would soon figure out that this is less than one million Canadians are Christians. So we can see that the work of making disciples is huge. But are we willing to go? As someone said, the greatest ability is availability. It is true that many of us here have relatives and friends that are outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those friends and family members need our prayers. And we can pray that God may draw them to himself. There is no one that is beyond salvation. For as long as they have breath in them, they can be saved. God so loved that he gave. We can pray that the Lord may open their ears, open their eyes, that he may give them understanding hearts so that they may be saved. It would be good for us to commit ourselves to pray for our lost loved ones in this coming month of September. And we can also pray for God to give us opportunities to tell our stories, to present the gospel to them. We have the power to witness. Wouldn't it be awesome for us to spend eternity in the holy presence of the Lord together with those that we love so dearly? We need to pray without ceasing. Pray until the Lord answers. For our final point this morning, our promise 
from the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew 28, 20, the last part. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. The Lord Jesus promises us that whenever we go out to witness, He's right there with us. When we go to make disciples, He is with us. There is never a time when we are alone. The Lord Jesus lives in every believer. We live in Him. We have the Holy Spirit living in us. We have our Heavenly Father living in us. Just imagine, we have the Godhead living in us. What motivation to witness, to make disciples. Just So what is there for us to fear? Shall we concern ourselves with the rejection of man? No. The Lord will fulfill His promises on earth. If we are willing, He will use us to impact our world. If we abide in Him and He abides in us, we will bear fruit and our fruit will remain. We will be multiplying after our own kind. And thus we will be able to bring glory to our Father. So let us be focused on the business of our Heavenly Father, witnessing, glorifying God through making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey whatsoever the Lord Jesus has commanded us. We have the promise of the Lord Jesus. We'll never be alone in this tremendous mission. The Lord promises, He says, He'll never leave us, neither will He forsake us. May we run our race so that we finish well, never growing weary, but ever drawing our strength from the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, we are a people that is on mission with God. Let us get on with God's business. I would like to close in prayer. Father, I do thank you and praise you for the availability of your holy word. I praise you, Father, for just reminding us to be your witnesses. And I thank you that you've given us that power so, Father, we really don't have an excuse not to be witnessing for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I thank you, Father, for the purpose for which you created us. You created us to bring you glory through making of disciples. And I want to thank you, Father, for the promise of our Lord Jesus Christ that he is going to be with us always, even to the end of this age. In your holy name we pray. Amen.